What it do, baby? Welcome back to episode seven of the Basketball Junkies podcast. I'm your host, Sadie K. I'm with my boy, the one and only Slim H. What up, what up, everyone? It's your boy, Slim H. Excited to get started, like usual. Uh, let's get to it. Yeah, I know we have an exciting episode for all you guys tuning in. So let's just hop into the first segment of the show, the weekly wrap up. Just like every other week, we're going to start off with some crazy stats. But I say it every week. I don't care about one-offs. I don't care about one-game wonders. I care about people who show me consistency. And since Jamal Murray's been injured, this guy has been going off for the Nuggets. And no, it's not Nikola Jokic. It's my boy MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. You know, he had a 39-point game, six rebounds, shot 62%. But he's been on a tear the past seven games. Murray out, he's averaging 25 points, seven rebounds, one block, 57% from the field, 50% from three on eight attempts. Dude is killing it. This is why I think they ranked him so high coming out of college. His back had people scared, but the Nuggets took a chance. And look, their young core is something else. They have Murray, Jokic, him, Bull Bull. They're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with for years to come, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. I've been, ever since he was out of Missouri, I've been high on Michael Porter Jr. Uh, the dude is just, he's a straight up bucket, uh, however you want. Drive in, deep freeze, pull ups, whatever you want. He can get it to you. Uh, he kind of showed it in the bubble last year against the Clippers. He had a couple of highlights. He was getting buckets there. Uh, slow start to the season, but like you said, he's been ramping it up ever since the All Star break. He's been just straight buckets. He's been probably maybe the second best player on the team. And now that uh, Murray's out, he's going to need to step up and he's showing it this past week what his potential could be. And like you mentioned, down the road, this guy has All Star potential all written all over him. Maybe even like all NBA. This guy, his potential is off the roof. He would have been in like a top five draft pick if he hadn't been injured. That's why people were worried about his back injury. But this dude has potential. If Denver wants to make a deep playoff run this year, he's going to be at the second goal guy, second guy without Murray. And if he can play like this, the chances are pretty good, I think. Yeah, they're sitting in the fourth seed right, fourth seed right now. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I love what I'm seeing from him. I hope it continues. And I think this is just shows when you're a talented player who comes on a, on a good team, which usually most, you know, high draft picks never do this is just what happens you know they develop him slowly and he's just blooming right now but the second player has been on my list of consistency in like three weeks and that's my brody russell westbrook he had a 37 point triple double this week but man that's not what the crazy part is in the month of april they've played 14 games in 11 of them, he has a triple-double. It should have been 12. But this month, he's averaging 22 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists. He's putting up triple-doubles at an unheard-of pace. And I know you were hating on him, basically saying, oh, they just let him, what's faster? Passing the ball forward or letting him get the rebound? But you know what? It's working because they're on a seven-game winning streak right now. They beat Golden State where Steph is having an unbelievable run. They beat Utah. I'm just saying we got to give the man his flowers. He's a future Hall of Famer, even if his career ended today. Yeah, like, uh, I feel like we ever, like you mentioned, every week we talk about Russell Westbrook for some reason. Like, I get it. You love him. He's a good player and he's been balling. I'll give him that. He's been balling. And it seems like always through his career, he has these spurts, especially the past few seasons. He has these like one month spurts here and there where he just balls out. Yeah, he's been playing efficient basketball, moving the basketball. We talked about last week how he's not shooting as many free balls. That's all good. And hey, I got to give him his, his props. He's he's playing well. But can you play like this in the playoffs? Can you play like this for an entire season? That remains to be seen. Or doesn't remain to be seen. We've seen it. And no, the answer is no. Uh, we get these spurts of Westbrook where he's playing great basketball, where he can be a top five point guard in the league. But these spurts come too far and not often enough. But on the other hand, I think one guy who we don't talk about enough and the whole league doesn't talk about enough is Bradley Beal. That dude's the star of the Washington Wizards. Everyone always talks about Westbrook. Oh, we got the triple-double. Westbrook this, Westbrook that. Triple-double here. Oh, Westbrook broke this record. 
but nobody talks about Bradley Beal. That guy might be the most, might be the most disrespected all-star in the league. Like nobody talks about Bradley Beal. The man's leading the league 31 points a game. He's my guy for this week. Top scorer this week, stat lines. He was named Eastern Conference as a player of the month this week. And he averaged 20, uh, 30 points a game, six boards and three assists. Those are crazy numbers. Those are all NBA numbers. And if you look at his numbers throughout the season, he's all NBA, probably second team, I'd say. And I feel like he just doesn't get enough respect. Westbrook gets all the star uh, media attention while Bradley Beal goes under the radar. And I got to give him respect, Bradley Beal, because he didn't demand a trade. He wants to stay in Washington, and he wants to build something. They got to a really slow start this year, a terrible start, but everyone knew they weren't that bad of a team. Going into the season, everyone knew, yeah, they're going to be around the AC fighting for a playoffs. So this is the Wizards that we know, and I got to give respect to someone like Bradley Beal, guys like him, Damian Lillard, who stay at their team for a bit. I got to give him respect for that. And I feel like he should get a bit more attention from the media and us. Look, I'm not even going to argue with you because I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Wizards right now. Yeah, they're beating some easier teams, but they're doing what they're supposed to do. But I just think Westbrook makes this team run because, hey, Bradley Beal was on this team last year and they were ass big booty. But it is what it is. Brody is here and he's carrying the squad. He's showing them what it's like to be playing at 110% at all times. But moving on, we got some sad news coming out of Indiana. Miles Turner out indefinitely. Something wrong with his toe. It's called a partial tear on his planter plate. Sucks for them. They're in the ninth seed right now. I was looking at his numbers, to be honest. He's having the same year as he did the past couple years, which I think for Pacers fans was not what they were expecting from him. They were looking for him to take a leap and it just hasn't happened even when Oladipo is there. But they have a solid core, Sabonis, Brogdon, him, Levert. They should be better than 29 and 31. They are on a three-game winning streak right now, albeit it was against the Thunder, Pistons, Magic. As I'm fourth, four games up on the 11th and 12th seed. It's hard to see them losing that position, but I was looking at their schedule and they do have some tough games to finish off the season. They got the Blazers, the Nets, Wizards twice, who are right behind them, two games back. Hawks, Sixers, Bucks, Lakers. And their last game of the season is against the Raptors, who, who knows, might slip into that 10th seed if the Pacers lose all these games up and coming. Yeah, no, this is a huge loss for the Pacers team. I mean, Miles Turner was definitely the second best player on the team behind Sabonis. Uh, he was having a great season defensively. Uh, he's probably third in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, if if I had to vote, behind Simmons and Gobert. Uh, he's leading the league with 3.4 blocks a game. That's a monstrous number. I mean, the guy's just a block monster. Uh, like you said, it's, he's been a bit uh, underwhelming offensively. Like you said, the Pacers, I think they were expecting him to be a more of a scorer, but that's just not his game. Uh, he can shoot the free ball a bit. Not great. He can stretch the floor, but he's still he's a little soft in offense. He's not going to post anyone up. He's just a pick-and-pop big man who's really great. Uh, blocking shots so it's a big big loss to the Pacers but I also gotta disagree with you saying that uh, the Pacers should be better than what the record is I don't think so I think they're a middle of the pack team the highest they're in the seventh seed right now I believe I think that's their peak especially with this team and I think they need to reevaluate in the offseason what they want if this is what they want to be a middle of the pack team that's fine I know it's hard for some small market teams to get to the next level uh, to sign big free agents because let's be honest who wants to go to Indiana no, no offense uh, but I really think they got a reevaluated team with Sabonis leading them that's not a guy who's going to turn a needle that can't be your number one team guy on a championship team probably not even your number two guy if I'm being honest so I really think they got to reevaluate uh, their team in the offseason I don't know what they can do with the salary cap wise but I don't know I just don't see a lot going in this team for the future well the same team take away Karis LeVert put in Oladipo they finished fourth a year before that, they cha- or a couple years ago, they challenged, you know, Cleveland in the first round. 
So they did have some potential. It's just, I just think certain players like Miles Turner didn't take the step they needed to take. Yeah. You basically just made my point even stronger. Yeah. They challenged the cap. They got fourth. That's that's all they're going to do. First round exit. No offense. I'm not trying to be hating on the Pacers, but I just don't see it with their team. And like you said, Turner, I don't think he's ever going to become the offensive player that they thought he was going to be. So like I said, they got to reevaluate this team because they're not winning anything. They're not, they're not gonna make a second round. I don't. There's no way they're walking first round exit for however long as Demontis Sabonis is their f- best player on the team. Simple as that. Wow. I also want to give a shout out to O'Shea Brissett, a Mississauga man's. He was former Raptor 905 player. He played for the Raptors a few games. Pacers signed him, ten day contract, and he's been balling. He dropped 23 on OKC last week, and he's been a nice player that I could they could plug in. It's kind of like a small ball forward. He's playing a little small ball five, and you can do a little bit of everything. So it's good to see him. I always got to support our Canadian guys. So shout out to O'Shea Brissett. Okay, shout out Mississauga. They made it onto the podcast. Look, I disagree with you because they were a couple, well, a buzz, a LeBron buzzer away from beating them because they would have lost that game, but can't dwell on the past. You're right. They got to make some changes. I agree with you on that. Maybe Miles Turner will improve next season when he comes back, but we'll see. We got to move on to some good news actually some returns people coming back from injury Lamelo ball we thought his season was over and he's scheduled to return to basketball activities with 10 games left honestly it gives them some time to get back into the flow of things i watched this team play against the celtics on sunday and honestly i was super impressed they beat the brakes off the celtics and one major thing I saw was ball movement. They had 39 assists and the ball just swings from side to side. They find the open man. They take smart shots. They have tough shot makers. Just the way they play, I think it's beautiful. Everyone can play defense. They sit in the eighth seed right now. And I truly think they could make a move up the ranks, maybe into the sixth seed. Because there's only, what, 1.5 games separating them. They play the Celtics this week. They could make a move. If Hayward comes back, that's a big pickup for them. But I think the sleeper, since Hayward has been down and Paul's been down, is Miles Bridges. In 13 games, averaging 20 points, 7 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 47% from 3, 53% from the field. Like, yo, I was a hater. I said at the trade deadline, they got to move him. They got to get an improvement. But with the minutes he's producing. And I was listening to the ESPN broadcast and they were saying he's going to get money somewhere. When his contract's coming up, he's going to get either money from the Hornets or somewhere else because another team might believe he could turn into a 20 point per game scorer. So I was looking at the remainder of their schedule and it isn't terrible. They got the Pistons twice, the Bulls, Magic. If they can steal one from the Celtics or Knicks or Wizards, easily make that sixth seed, avoid the play-in tournament. And whoever the third seed is, most likely the Bucks. that's a tough young team to go up against who legit play basketball like they have nothing to lose. They're not afraid, which is what I love about them. Plus, I love the announcer. Yeah, no, I got to agree with you with Miles Bridges. I mean, he's the best in-game dunker in the NBA. Simple as that. Some of the dunks he's been posting all season are simply amazing. And you mentioned the Hortz announcer, Eric Collins. He's he's full of energy. He's great. If you guys haven't watched the Miles Bridge dunk, go watch it. And you'll hear Eric Collins in the background going crazy. I mean, it's hilarious. And the Hornets, I've been high on them all season. I've been high on LaMelo. I talked about him pretty much every podcast, how much I love him. He's going to be one of the best point guards in the NBA. Simple as that in a few years. He's definitely a top five passer in the league already. And with him coming back, he's going to have a few games to get get healthy, get in the flow of things before the playoffs. This team's going to be dangerous. I mean, they're great offensively. And any team they face, they're going to give them a challenge. But come on, let's be honest. You're saying they can they can challenge the Bucks? Like, let's be honest. They can challenge the Nets or the 76ers? No way. 4-0 four sweep, four sweep, four once. Simple as that. That's what the series is going to be. I love this team, but they're just not ready yet. Inexperienced coach, James Brego, I think it's his third season as head coach. They just don't have the experience. It's going to be a learning lesson. They're going to get taught some things by some NBA veterans in the playoffs. But like I said, this team has potential. 
But it's not ready yet. Simple as that. I'm just saying this team will be exciting to watch if they slip into the sixth seed. Honestly, it makes a whole bunch of things interesting in the East. You'll have the Celtics somewhere 7-8, the Heat somewhere 7-8. That means they'll either play the Sixers or the Nets. So, you know, it makes things interesting. To be honest, like the Bucks, they don't have a great playoff resume. It makes it definitely makes things interesting. That's all I'm saying. I would love to see them in the playoffs. Who knows? But there were some other returns that happened this week. Anthony Davis played a couple games against the Mavs. They lost both. But to be honest, when it comes to the Lakers, I don't think it really matters what what their seeding is. And I think Kyle Kuzma, he came out and he said that. He said for most teams, seeding matters, but for them, it does matter. And I totally agree with them on that. What they need to do right now is get healthy. There's about 10 games left in the season. They just need to get both LeBron, AD back into form before the playoffs or before any play-in games, and they'll be fine. And if I'm a top three seed and I either have to play, I have to play the Lakers, I'm scared. And I'm not for losing games. I think you play every game your hardest, but if I'm a second seed and the Lakers are the seventh, or if I'm a third seed and the Lakers are sixth, I'm going to, I'm going to think about losing some games and seeing if I can drop in in the standings. Cause I don't want to face LeBron. Who's gotten a lot of time off. His legs are going to be fresh for the playoffs. AD, a lot of time off fresh for the playoffs. Yes, I mean, yeah. I'd be scared too. I'd be scared if I had to face two top five players in the first round. Yeah, I said it. Top five. AD. When healthy, top five. Simple as that. And this is a scary sight. AD's healthy. It's rumored LeBron's might be coming back this week. They're going to be healthy. Like you said, they're going to have rest. This is very scary for some of the top seeds. And I'd be worried. I also, I watched a few of the Mavs game. First game, he only played in the first half, Anthony Davis. So I was a little worried. Like, oh, he's not 100% healthy, this and that. Second game, very rusty. Shot very poorly. But he played 28 minutes. That's a huge sign. He's playing 28 minutes already. He's full healthy once he gets back in the groove of things i know he hasn't isn't having the best season that's probably because they made a deep run in the playoffs won the championship he's got his rest now lebron's got his rest i mean this team's ready to go the lakers guys they found the roles everyone kind of knows what they're doing people have gotten confidence like i f- remember we were talking i think the second episode when lebron got injured and ad was already injured we we're saying oh we could see this team in the playing games no they've held the fort they've done a decent job the bench players but hey our superstars are back and they're ready to win simple as that hey man if i'm the clippers yo i'm shook imagine like the suns or jazz you guys are having a great year and then your first round matchup is LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Hey man, it sucks to suck. But another player made a return this week. Kevin Durant. 33 points in 28 minutes. I'm telling you right now, I don't think anyone I've ever watched play basketball has ever scored the basketball so effortlessly. Like I love Carmelo Anthony, but Carmelo Anthony gets tough buckets in his prime, in his heyday. Kevin Durant, I don't think there's no one ever makes him play at a pace that isn't the pace he determines like he's moving where he wants to move he takes the shots he wants to take he just looks like he's not even trying out there which to me obviously because look i'm not a big kevin durant fan just because of all his antics and all that but this guy will give it to you from long range mid range slam it on your head top this guy is disgusting he's a different animal i'm glad he's back that game against the suns was scary him and Kyrie. oh my goodness yeah no durant I'm not the biggest durant fan but hey the dude is a straight bucket. I mean, the offensive game is so pure. Score at will from anywhere. But I've mentioned this before. I don't believe in the Nets. And it just comes down to health. I mean, what, what? how many games did KD play? I don't even think he's played 30. I think he's played. I saw something like maybe like 25 games. He can't stay healthy. Whenever one comes back, someone else gets injured. Now, James Harden, I saw Steve Nash. They had a quote on ESPN during the game yesterday. They don't think he's going to be back right before the playoffs. So they're only going to have seven games together. I said this before. The big three is only going to have seven games together. It's a recipe for disaster. Sure, they're going to make the second round, probably the Eastern Conference Finals, but they're not winning the championship simple as that hayden declaration they are not winning the championship
championship. Simple as that. Okay, okay. The team is stacked, bro. Even some of their role players just have so much confidence. It's insane, man. Watching that team play. Like, yo, the Suns are were a formidable opponent. They didn't even have James Harden. They were making light work of them. But before we wrap up this segment of the show, I need to talk about some streaking teams. One of these streaks should have ended on Saturday morning by the Raptors. And I'm telling you right now, Pascal Siak, this dude might be the most overpaid number one option I've ever seen. The Raps could have been on a five-game winning streak. The Knicks... All this, we wouldn't have even talked about the Knicks this episode if it was, if it wasn't for Pascal Siakam. The dude had four turnovers or five turnovers in the fourth quarter, four missed layups, a missed three. He just, it seems that when the game gets into crunch time, he makes the like most crucial mistakes. Like he got a rebound. His first decision, he saw OG cutting and he tried to do a bounce pass through people with his left hand. Who are you? People will like point to his numbers, but yo, sometimes it's not about numbers. Sometimes when you watch the game, you're like, this dude is not a number one option. Last year at the beginning of the year, he was having a great year, but he has not improved his skills at all. He does the same thing. If he's backing down, he's gonna, and you cut him off, he's gonna spin, either do a fadeaway or a hook shot. If he's facing up, he's gonna do a between the legs dribble, step back, fadeaway jumper. Like his moves have become so predictable like if i know what's coming for damn sure an nba team with scouts watching film are gonna know what's coming but whatever i'm gonna give the knicks their credit and they are they're on a streak right now the two hottest teams in the nba right now are playing in the east the knicks nine game winning streak is on the line obviously day of recording they're playing the suns tonight so maybe it'll end but if they don't lose to the suns tonight their next three games are the bulls rockets grizzlies This streak could easily go to 13 games. And bro, I was not a Julius Randle fan. I thought he was maybe getting a little too much praise. But holy, this guy can hit a shot from anywhere. Against Siakam and OG, this guy was taking a right-handed dribble pull-up fading over them like nonstop. It was insane. And RJ Barrett, 10 points in the fourth quarter to close out the Raptors. Derrick Rose... Yo, he might not be the Derrick Rose of old, but he's averaging 16 points off the bench. I was mistaken. I didn't think they were going to finish fourth, but I was wrong. I will admit it. They easily will finish fourth. To be honest, they'll, any team they're playing, easily be scared. Yeah, let, let me go back to the Raptors for a second before I get to the Knicks. Yeah, Siakam, he's just he's just not it. I remember when Kawhi left after the championship, people were like, oh, Siakam, he showed in the finals. He's going to take the next step. Uh, he's going to be an all-star or a perennial all-star, first, second team NBA. No, hold your horses. And people were like, oh, the Raptors, we're still going to be contenders once Kawhi leaves. No, come on. Kawhi was the team. Lowry's getting old. Lowry was big for that championship team. But Kawhi was the dude. Once Kawhi left, the team, fourth seed, fifth seed. But you're not challenging anyone. So I look at Siakam. He's a good, maybe third piece on the NBA championship team. But at his current, where he right now is what? He's the number one guy, pretty much. Yeah, it's not good enough for this Raptors team. I do think, though, like the Raptors, they got this high. I think this week, this this week, they play five games. This is going to be the true test of what they're what they're doing, whether they're tanking or whether they're going for the playoff spot. Because they're only two games back from the Wizards is the 10th spot. So that's easily doable with five games this week. But are they going to sit, guys? Because they've been sitting Siakam some games, Annie Obi some games. Van Vliet had a hip injury. Are they going to sit, guys, with these weird little... I know Van Vliet was injured, but I think Annie Obi had like a rest game here, a rest game there. Like they got to... They got to decide, what are we doing? Are we trying to make this play-in game? I do think if they can get into the play-in game, this team has potential. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not hating on the Raptors completely. I think going into the season, I thought they were definitely going to be in the middle of the pack, like a four for a fifth seed. So I think this team has potential. I do think if they can get into the play-in games and win the play-in games, 
they could contend against a team like the Nets or the Bucks or the 76ers. I do think they can take at least two games off on those teams. Definitely. The team's been there. They have experience, but they got to decide what they're going to do. I think they play uh, Monday night and then uh, Tuesday night. If they're resting guys Tuesday night, then we know, hey, they're not trying to get They don't care. But if they play all those guys five games, then, hey, they're in it. They're going to try to win. And like I said, if they can get they are only two games back from the Wizards, they can catch up to them, get into the playing games. I easily think they could beat uh, whoever they play in the playing games, be it the Pacers, maybe the Pacers. And I think they can contend against a team like the Nets or the 76ers. Probably not beat them, but easily take two games off them. Also, going to the Knicks, I know we talk about them a lot, so I'm going to keep it short. Hey, man, they're hooping. Their defense is amazing. Thibodeau is amazing. Uh, I mentioned last podcast, the culture's changed. Simple as that. It's a team where winning, it's only about winning now. It's a team, they're going to lose in the first round, definitely. I think their shooting's going to hold them back, like I mentioned before. It's about the future. They got a nice young core. I didn't agree with their OB Toppin pick uh, this past draft. He hasn't shown much this year at all. He's had a few good dunks and some energy, but I don't think he's going to be a starter on a championship team. But they got RJ Barrett. He's been hooping. This team, they got potential. Randall, he's still young. I easily think they can get a free agent. They have cap space, free agent, in either this season or next season. And with Thibodeau there, this team's going to contend. They're going to be always around. They're going to fight in games defensively. And like LeBron said, LeBron had a good quote this this week. He said, the league is a much better place when the Knicks are winning. And hey, I couldn't agree more. When the Knicks are winning, it's fun. It's exciting. It's all over the media. They're, their fans are crazy. They're super... Super energetic. Whether they win or lose, they always have something to say. So I think, hey, when the Knicks, one of the biggest markets in the league is winning, the league is in a much better place. First of all, I can't believe you said they're going to lose in the first round because they're set to match up with the Hawks right now. And I think they'd easily beat the Hawks. I'll I do, you... actually. I do, I do agree with you there. Yeah, they would easily beat the Hawks because I, I don't believe in the Hawks at all. I think I mentioned that. What was that? The second or third podcast? First round exit, Nate McMillan. That's what I called him. Yeah, so, no, yeah, no, no, no. They, they'd easily win that. But if they face anyone else, such as the Celtics or the Heat, yeah, they ain't winning that. No doubt. Okay, I'll agree with you there. And I was high on the Hawks. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely thought they were going to make a trade at the deadline, but it didn't happen. But the second team that's surging, and I got to talk about them, I don't think they'll be in the 10th seed. I definitely think they're going to move up to the 9th seed with the Miles Turner injury, and that's the Wizards. Currently on a seven-game winning streak. They'll be on the line day of recording, so... Tomorrow, when you guys listen, we might be wrong. But this team with two superstars, I think, and I truly believe, if they win the play-in games in the eighth seed or the seventh seed, they could steal a game from any of those two top teams. But I would love to see the Nets versus the Wizards just because I want to see Westbrook versus KD. But hey, I'm going to keep this short because I don't want to talk about the Wizards for too long. But they they play the Spurs day of recording, and then they got the Lakers, Cavs, Mavs this week. Do they win all of those games? Even if they don't, even if they split, I think that's good for them because I think the paces are going to start dropping. They just have two superstars. And those two superstars can easily win them a couple games. And they'll easily, I guarantee you, they will be in the playoffs 100%. Can't disagree with you there. All I got to say is they are 10-1 and one in the Daniel Gafford era. I mentioned that podcast. He's the key. He's, Scott Brooks has been wrapping up his minutes the past recent games. He's the key. He's changed the identity of this team. They finally have an inside presence and a defensive big man who can guard the pick and roll. A young defensive big man. They're 10 and 1 in that era. And like I said, I think they're going to be in the playoffs also. This guy said Daniel Gafford, bro. First of all, they have like Thomas Bryant who just got injured. That's who their actual young center is. But look, we're going to get into a new topic that, you know, has picked up some discussions. And I think Russell Westbrook would have been in that discussion if they were higher than the 10th seed. But we had 
some people come out and say they deserve to be MVP this past week. Steph Curry went on a podcast. He declared that he should be MVP, even though he thinks he might not get it. And Joel Embiid also came out and said he deserves to be MVP just of all the dominating he's been doing. Shaq agrees with him, even though Jokic is on that list. So Slim H, Slayden, for the main topic of this show, I need to know, I need your take. Who is the MVP? Well, first, I'm going to say my top three, and I'm going to give an explanation for each of them, Sadman. And then you, you can disagree or agree with me. And I think you're going to disagree on a few picks of mine and some of the things I have to say, like usual. But coming in number three, I have Joel Embiid, who's having an all-time historic season for a big big man. He's averaging 30 points a game, 11 boards, and three assists. Uh, shooting the ball super efficiently. His team has a great record. They're second in the East. They've been dominant all season. Uh, his defense is also great. Uh, I said last week how he came out and said he thought he should be the defensive player of the year. So he's great on both ends. Uh, there's one big issue. Uh, he's only played 41 games this season. It seems to be the issue every season with Embiid. He puts up the numbers. He's great in all aspects of his game. But simple, the dude can't stay healthy. Simple as that. I mean, you can't be an MVP and only play 41 games in the season. You can't miss over 20, 20 games. And when LeBron got injured, everyone was saying, even you said that, man. Oh, he's not going to have enough games under his belt. He can't be in the MVP race. But if you look at the numbers, they've played the exact same number of games. So if LeBron can't be in the MVP race, Embiid cannot be the MVP. It's simple as that. And like I was I was so close to putting LeBron on this list because I thought he was having an amazing season, especially for his age and just needs the recognition. But I'll give respect to Embiid. Okay. Okay, Slim H. Okay. That's not a bad, but I want to hear the rest of your list before I give any of my opinions. Well, I got you. And coming in number two, it's obvious, or not obvious, but for me, Steph Curry. Simple as that. If his record was better, he'd be number one in my eyes, but it's not. If you take him off this team, they're the worst team in the NBA. Simple as that. They are the worst team in the NBA. Who do they got? They got Draymond Green. I was giving them praise a few episodes ago, but hey, when he's not without stars, he's not good. Simple as that. He needs stars around him. And without Steph, they got nobody. Kelly Oubre, he's been a huge disappointment this season. Andrew Wiggins. No, he's just talking about untapped potential. He's one of the worst players in the NBA for his contract. I know their record isn't the greatest. They're currently, where are they? I think in the 10th seed. But come on, the dude, especially after the All-Star break, the dude's carrying this team. I was watching them against the Kings on a Sunday night. He was doing like a two for one at the end of the second half. The dude, just, he's walking the ball up the court, not touching, not touching it. Right when he crosses half court, he picks the ball up. And he shoots a ball. And you know what? Everyone knows it's going in. He's he's the greatest shooter in NBA history. He's having one of the greatest shooting seasons in NBA history. In his unanimous season in 2016, he, he won an MVP. This season, he's either having the same stats or better. Like, come on. He won a unanimous MVP in 2016. We're never going to see another player like this. He changes the game so much. And I think he has a big, like, pains me to say this because I'm a LeBron fan. I think LeBron's the best player in the league. But I think Steph Curry has the single most biggest impact on a game in NBA. There's nobody else. You can kind of game plan for LeBron a bit like you go under a screen maybe you should make him shoot but how do you like what do you do with Steph Curry oh be physical for him that's the only thing you can do it'll be a little bit physical of him the dude deals with it I mean I think he's just oh he's just so good I know I'm praising him so much but the dude's unreal we're never gonna see another player like this ever again I don't think people take into account you look at someone like Trey Young he's kind of oh the next Steph Curry a bit no, he's not. Yeah, he's a good shooter, but he's not at Steph Curry's level. No one will ever be, I don't think. What this guy does on the court is unreal. That's all I got to say about him. Yeah, but coming in number one, it's got to be the Joker. Nikola Jokic. Best big man in the league. Hands down. Simple as that. I'll take him over Embiid any day of the week, any game. Simple as that. He just dropped 47, 15, and 8 on the Grizzlies last week. 
and 20 field goals made. There's not many players in the NBA history who have made 20 field goals in a game. The guy's unreal. He's averaging 27, 11, and 9 for the season. He's almost averaging a triple-double. And do you hear that in the media ever? No. When Westbrook was averaging his triple-double, and he was, I think he was below 10 for a bit, and like assists or rebounds, it's all over the news. Ooh, Westbrook averages a triple-double. When do you hear Joker? Joker's pretty close. He's averaging 9 assists a game. Nobody talks about Joker. We're talking a triple-double for a big man. I said it before in the podcast. I think he's the best passing big of all time, and I don't think anymore. He is. It's simple as that. There's no, there's no arguments. He is the best passive big man of all time. And I advise everyone, including yourself, Sam, I don't know if you watch this, but there's a guy on YouTube called Thinking Basketball. And he releases these stat, statistics, YouTube videos and analytics of NBA players and NBA greats. And he makes arguments here and there. And he released a video last week, and I thought it was fitting, where he said Nikola Jokic is the best offensive big man of all time. And he made a great case. So I recommend anyone go watch that video. And I got to agree with him. The guy can do it all. What do you want? You want three-pointers? Boom. Great three-point shooter. You want passing? Best passive big man of all time. You want post-scoring? He's dominant in the post. You want fadeaways? Like, some of the shots the guy hits. I don't know if you watch. He's doing, like, these Dirk one-legged fadeaways. And he's no he's no Dirk. He's, he's got some weight to him. He's not the most agile and limber guy. But he can do it all. So, I mean... He's got to be my MVP, and he's reliable. Nobody talks about that. He's played in every game this season, and simple as that. You know what you're getting, even if he has a bad game. He's going he's gonna to impact the game. That's one thing. I don't want Embiid to impact defensively, but if offensively, if Embiid's not shooting that well, I mean, his passing's not the greatest. If Jokic, if his shot's not falling, what can he do? Oh, he's the best passing big man in the game. Simple as that. He's the, probably one of the highest IQ persons in the NBA, so he can impact the game that way. I know his defense isn't as great as, as Embiid, but hey, it's serviceable. As one knocking him throughout the years, I just think he should be MVP. And I think if LeBron or Westbrook or Embiid, if they were having a season like him, it'd be a wrap. There wouldn't be any arguments in the media. Simple as that. This guy does not get the respect that he deserves. Nobody talks about Jokic. I know he's not the most marketable guy, but to me, I mean, he's one of my favorite players in the league. He's so fun to watch. I know it's not the flashiest basketball, but it's great. And like I said, if LeBron was doing this, it'd be a wrap. Nobody would say anything. But because it's Jokic, hey, the media's got to build it up. When uh, when LeBron got injured, what did the media do? They tried pushing Harden in. Because why? Jokic was having a great season already. Jokic's not a big enough star. They tried sneaking Harden in. Oh, Harden sneaking up. This and that. I mean, the guy just doesn't get the respect he deserves. I know he, I went on a rant, but hey, man, I got to res- give respect to Jokic. Wow. Wow. I think that might be the first time on this podcast Slim H has ranted like that. And he's defending his man. So, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid. Jokic. I agree with two of those players. One of those players, I find it super, not I'm not going to say super disrespectful, but super weird to have him in any top three list. Look, he's having an amazing month. He broke a record of most three-pointers in a month. But Steph Curry does not deserve to be on the MVP list. They're 10th in the West. You still have Draymond, Wiggins, Oubre. They have James Wiseman. Like The team is still formidable. They have talent. And if you're as, as great as you say he is, they should be higher than the 10th seed. That is why I'm just, I got to take him off the list. He's not in the MVP running for me because if you're considering him, you got to consider Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook is having another crazy triple-double season. His numbers are up there. They're also 10th in the East. The Wizards are under 500 and the Warriors are barely over 500. So it's not in it for me. But I will agree with you that two big men are leading the charge. The big men have come back with a vengeance. And it's weird to say because we play in a league where guards dominate everything. And I agree, if Embiid played more games, maybe this discussion would be closer. But he's only played 41 games. It's just, it's not enough to be considered, especially in a 72-game season. You're missing so many games. But I think the other knock is right now, Ben Simmons has missed four games and they've lost all four games. 
Where on the other hand, Jokic, they lost Murray, but the Nuggets are on a four-game winning streak. You named off the numbers, so I'm not going to repeat them. But Jokic, I think the leading thing for him as well is he is their point guard. He's dominated. He's played the more games. He can, exactly what you said, he can give it to you from every aspect of the floor. Even with Murray, he played point guard. This team's offense runs through him. Whereas at least for the Sixers, the offense doesn't run through Embiid at all times. If Simmons is on the floor, they split it with him. So that is what I believe makes the biggest difference. But you know what's crazy to me before we end this conversation is how the Suns, Clippers, Jazz, they all have better records than the Nuggets and Sixers, but we don't have a single one of their players on this list. So, you know, I'm going to have to make a hot take right here and I'm going to might I'm I'm going to push Embiid down to third place cuz he only has played 41 games. And you know what? Just like you said, LeBron James got removed from the list for playing such limited amount of games. I'm taking I'm pushing Embiid for the same reason. I'm putting my boy Chris Paul up there. Cuz you know what? He deserves to be second on this list. The Suns weren't even in the playoffs. They were terrible. Everywhere this guy goes, he brings winning culture to that franchise. OKC, with that young team, he brought them to the playoffs. And now look, he's got some more talent, and they didn't even make the play-in games last year, and he's brought them to the second seat. Look, I'm not going to name off like, this guy has crazy numbers, but most valuable player is basically who is, if you take him away from that team, that team will be not what they are. And the Suns are clearly, it shows, add him to that team, 11th place to second place second best record in the league he's a dog he's old school look he's averaging what 16 points nine assists steve nash didn't have the most dominating numbers when he won mvp back-to-back years the first year he averaged 15 and 11 and he won because his team was winning at an extraordinary pace there were way other players that had like more dominating seasons than steve nash the second year he won he only averaged 18 and 10 i truly believe if they close the gap on the jazz and maybe they end up as the first seed Chris Paul will receive some votes for MVP, maybe even some first place votes, because honestly, I think it's well deserved. If you can take a team that was the 11th seed and transition them all the way up to the first seed in the West, not in the East, in the Western Conference, that's that takes some sort of leadership and some sort of skill. And he is he plays well. And all those games that you watch where they play other good teams, he shows up. Even when Devin Booker is having a bad game, he is the most valuable player on that team. But I I, I still will give it to Jokic, but there is a discussion to be had over Chris Paul. Come on, Sam. I can't can't take you serious. You said there was a discussion over Jokic for MVP? Like, come on, man. We're talking Chris Paul. We're talking first, second round exit Chris Paul. Like you said, oh, uh, the Suns, you've all the Suns. Yeah, he's improved them. But they weren't a terrible team last season. We saw their bubble run. We all saw it where they didn't lose a game. Obviously, the team has potential. Obviously, they find their groove. Chris Paul's improved them, but come on. He's not MVP. He's not anywhere near the votes. He shouldn't get one vote. Maybe I think they maybe they do fifth place votes. Maybe give him a fifth place vote. But he's nowhere near the top three. He should be nowhere near the number one for for MVP. Like, do I gotta take your credentials away? And then you're talking about Steph Curry. How dare you disrespect Steph Curry like that? If Westbrook, sorry, not Westbrook, Westbrick. You hear that? Westbrick can win MVP when he's an eighth seed. Then Steph Curry can get a few second place votes for the seasons he's having. A historical season, one of the most efficient shooting seasons in NBA history. Timeout, timeout, timeout. First of all, they weren't the eighth seed. They were the sixth seed, and they had a winning record. This guy's barely over 500. Don't bring Steph Curry into the mix. They're in the 10th seed. What kind of 10th seed player gets votes? Come on, man. 
You're talking about taking away my credentials from bringing Chris Paul. Chris Paul will get more votes than Steph Curry in the MVP race. You're talking nonsense, man. Yeah, man. You caught me lacking there on the Steph Curry uh, on the West West books. But still, his team wasn't good that season. I think the West was pretty weak that season also, like the, the back part of the West. I mean, what Steph Curry's doing in the West this season, like you look at those teams, every team is contenders. Every team is great. Like, it's a deep West this season. What he's doing to hold that team afloat, you're talking about Wiggins and before and Ubre, like, they're pieces. Yeah, people thought they were pieces going the season, but come on. They're trash. Simple as that. They're trash. They should, they're not starters on a championship team. So, what Steph Curry's doing, I mean, you got to give him props for that. Simple as that. I guarantee you, you add Jokic to that team, they'll be higher than a 10 seed. I just truly believe it. Sometimes when you're... Steph isn't making those guys better. You add LeBron to that team... He'll make those guys better. Steph, you know, I'm not trying to hate on Steph. He's great. He's had great seasons, but they're in the 10th seed. And that automatically disqualifies you. Because if this was a regular year where the playoffs are regularly 1-8, to he's not even close to making the playoffs, man. Come on now. What are you talking about? Get him off the list. Your basketball card has been revoked for having him on that list. No, your basketball card has been revoked. I think think, I'm pretty sure you just said that. He hasn't made his teammates better? Like, uh, uh, maybe I misunderstood you. I'm saying this year he hasn't made his teammates better because Wiggins is a top. He's a first overall pick. He should, you guys should be more, better than the 10th seed. They definitely have more talent than the Grizzlies. Come on, man. No, you come on. Like, come on. You're talking about Wiggins? Like, okay, I gave him maybe three or four years ago when he still had potential. Oh, Wiggins, he has potential. He could be the one, you know? But we know who Wiggins is. He's an inefficient scorer, not a great defender. I don't think he likes basketball, to be honest. Like, I don't know him personally, but doesn't seem like he likes basketball. He just wants his bag. He got his bag, and he kind of quit on the Timberwolves a bit. I mean, the guy is not good. Simple as that. And like I said before, Steph Curry has the biggest impact in the NBA. I truly believe so. You have to game plan him so much. He opens the court for everyone. Simple as that. He gets double teamed so often. It's not my fault. Oubre, I remember the start of the season, he was bricking every shot, and it's been like that throughout the whole season. He's been a really big disappointment after his season last year in Phoenix. I feel bad for Steph Curry because he's almost entered, leaving his prime. He's, what, 33 years old right now? I mean, he's only going to have a few seasons left. And without Clay this season, I, I thought they could be better. I thought, like, I, I was like you. I believe in Wiggins. I, like, he has potential, obviously. Everyone believes in Wiggins. But the guy is just trash. Simple. I don't want him to be rude. But he's trash. Ubre. I thought he was going to be good this season. Trash. You mentioned Wiseman before. We talked about him. He's trash. Let's be honest. He hasn't provided anything this season at all. He's He was the, the worst pick for them. He hasn't provided anything. They should have traded that pick away. So I feel bad for Steph Curry. But like I said, he's second on his list. Like I was even going to put him MVP for the seasons he's having. And like I don't want to be, I know I'm going to get a little, little crazy here, but I said before, he has the biggest impact on the game. Sometimes, and I'm a LeBron stand, after watching him play recently, I mean, there's a case to be made. He's the greatest player in the NBA. He's the best player in the world, the best basketball player in the world. There's an argument to be made. That's for another day. Not even have him on the list. Not even top three. You putting Chris Paul over him? Come on, that's just that's just ludicrous. Bro, this guy is talking about greatest player in the NBA and the greatest impact, but this dude's team is sitting in the 10th seed. Imagine being the greatest player and not being able to, able to get into the playoffs, man. That's, yo, that's blasphemy, bro. That's blasphemy, man. But, you know, we got to wrap up the show. And as everyone knows, we got we got the last segment, which is our games of the week, Hayden. What are you watching? Yeah, I'll keep it short and simple. I got Bucks, Hornets, Tuesday night, like we mentioned before. Could be a potential playoff matchup. So let's see how your how your Hornets can handle. I don't think they can handle the Bucks. I don't think they can handle the Nets. I don't think they can handle the 76ers. Maybe in the regular season, but come playoff time, that Bucks defense is going to swarm the Hornets often. And I said before, 
the Heat. That's my pick to go make at least some comments for uh, NBA Finals from the East. But the Bucks are right behind them. Scary team. Scary team. <laughs> Yo, you're just all over here with all these random takes, man. But I only got one game. It's the Jazz versus the Suns, 10 p.m. Friday. If they can catch the Jazz, CP3 will get MVP votes. Guaranteed. Heard it here first. Number two on the list. Maybe some number one votes. Yeah, maybe. If they can reach one, maybe he gets a few votes here and there. But, you know, you know the story of CP3. We all know the story of CP3. Come the playoff time, he better pack his bags. And like I said before, my number one prediction, Phoenix Suns, first round exit. And then people will be wondering, oh, was CP3 MVP? No. That's what CP3 does. Chokes. CP3. That's it for me. First of all, MVP is the regular season award. And second of all, I'm saying he'll get his MVP votes, but when it comes down to it, when it comes down to historical uh, record books, like his playoff record's going to hurt him. And he ain't doing much this season in the playoffs. I guarantee it. Look, if they're not playing the Lakers in the first round, easily see them making it to the conference finals. But but yeah, that's it for us today, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the Basketball Junkies podcast. The NBA is going to finish strong. Follow us on IG, the Basketball Junkies podcast, to keep up with all things NBA. This is your host, Sadie K, with my boy Slim H, signing off. Stay safe. Peace. Peace.